1: Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different film from the horror genre, from that true, true classic down to that rare gem that can barely even hold a hammer at the back of your (laughs) video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are talking about, I'm going to say it, the OG, the granddaddy of them all. It's the end of America do it every time do you want to give us an uh, america america
0: brightening <laughs> I, I added in a couple of H's at the end yeah there.
1: the end of our mini mini series celebrating america the texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 tim i, I mean i really struggled with a question for this one because i kind of know the answer to this one already i'm just gonna say it and you can expound on it however you like have you ever picked up a hitchhiker
0: I have never picked up a hitchhiker. Um, I have. uh, I did tell the story recently about that one girl that was selling magazines door to door. Did I tell that here? Uh, I don't know. I normally zone out when you talk. So, right. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this isn't hitchhiking. I I will tell you a hitchhiking story, but um, yeah, no, uh, just real quick. As far as my involvement, I, I I thought that I had talked about this, but I'll just get through this quickly. Um, a girl came to my house. I was mowing the lawn, and she was younger. She was probably in her, I would guess, maybe late teens. Um, and I was in my probably early thirties. And uh, she came up to the door, and she was selling magazines, like, "Hey, I'm trying to go on a trip to the Bahamas," and blah blah blah. And the like laminated like stuff that she had looked real faded and didn't look really legit and yeah. everything. So I just said, "No, I'm not interested." And and off she went, you know, kind of walking down the block. And then I remembered an expose that I saw on TV about how sometimes these kids that are going door to door are actually, you know, doing it against their will. Um, and and they're kind of being held captive or whatever. Yeah. So I, I ran down before she got to the next house and kind of stopped her on the sidewalk. And I'm like, look, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to insult you or anything, but do you need help at all? Like, is there something I can do for you? And uh, she kind of like you know blew it off at first and she's like no no it's just you know we're just i'm just doing this thing and but she would the thing was is she was so great like i would literally hire this girl in an instant to work in my office like her eye contact her her presence her confidence like she was a born salesperson she's fantastic but um after a little bit more digging you know i got her to admit that what they do is they just go town to town. And like, if she sees a house and there's some kid just sitting in there playing video games, she'll be like, Hey, come with us. Like, let's go, let's get out of here. Like, let's just leave and they will take these runaways and they go from town to town until the cops till somebody starts reporting them and then they'll f- switch to a different town. If you're in it long enough then you get to drive the van. There's that van that drives around and they have to go door to door, but all they do is just live in hotels and take the money from people and party. They, there's you never get any magazines. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's a scam. It's a wide open scam. Yeah. And she even asked me. She's like, "Do you got any do you have any beer? Do you have any drink? like she just wanted th- that girl would have done anything for money. I mean, I, I knew that. She made that pretty clear. Um and she just wanted to come out and like come into the house and have a beer and party and hang out and I was like and she was real cute but I was like mm, I just don't think that's a good idea mm-hmm. like fighting this criminal element and not even really criminal it's just like these these like runaways oh, there's definitely about to be a criminal element <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right mm-hmm. so that's that story oh man my hitch yeah high ch- uh, chicking. <laughs> my like hitchhiking story. No, you never told
1: that story on the show. Yeah. That girl just opened that up to you like I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I'm involved in a, a scam.
0: Well, she where yeah. we
1: kidnap children town to town.
0: Yes. And it, yeah, honestly, it was it Got was me freaky. You're right. That's almost exactly how it went. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. It was it was crazy, but yeah. I just knew the right things to to ask yeah. and yeah, she just opened you up. You need to back away very
1: I'd say slowly, but quickly. Right. uh, Yeah.
0: So hitchhiking. Um, There was a day that I, uh, you know, the story very well. I'll just say it very quickly so we can get to the, to the fun part. Uh, I wore that story
1: was you technically tried to pick up a hitchhiker (laughs) in a long
0: sense. Yeah. kind of, yeah. Like my interaction with somebody like. In a greater
1: esoteric sense of the phrase. Picking up a hitchhiker. I get it. I get it. It was a good story.
0: So uh, this is. Uh, I went to high school one time wearing a tutu and fishnet pantyhose and a long uh, flowing silverly. It was Halloween. Yeah. Great costume. So, uh, yes, very, very tight fitting, very form fitting. And I had been like, I like to tell people I had had some other issues at school the year before, but I had been good all year so far that year. Now, granted, it was only October. So,
1: It wasn't like well, we had... you started hanging out with a really good group of friends. Well, yeah. I think you yeah. kept you grounded We're and wonderful. focused.
0: Yeah. Great people.
1: Um, we can't, you know, they can't
0: hold your hand every day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just as long as they're there for when I pass out on their garage floor to, you know, however long ago that might have been 24 hours. But um, <laughs> but no, I'm I, I glad uh, you brought it up because I'm going to bring it up right, again. So, like... <laughs> so, um. Uh, I wear this this uh, outfit to school, and um, I get stopped even before I get to my first class. And I am taken to the principal's office or vice principal's office, and they tell me that, that I have to change. And I'm like, look, I've got my other clothes in, in my locker. Just let me go get them. Let me change. It's fine. You know, I'll, I'll change out of it. And they said, no, you're going to stay in those clothes, and we want your father to see you like this. So I was like, okay. So I sat there, and then my dad... <laughs> rounded the corner into the the office same outfit yeah (laughs) pissed off that i that we were you know twinsies um i got home and change so uh yeah very much not in the same outfit and just did that sort of like like sigh and like all the life drained out of him and he just is shaking his head back and forth and looking down and so i get up and they're he and the vice principal walk me to my locker. So I grabbed my clothes out of my locker and I have to go down and around a corner to change. I go into that bathroom. That's around the corner. I change into my normal clothes. I come out and I was looking into a classroom because the classes were going on at this time. And I was looking at these kids and they were all at their desks and they were all listening and they were all studying. And I just felt this like, just surge of of a need to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and also I didn't want to face my dad, so I went tearing down the hallway. Did not go back to where my dad and vice principal are standing there, probably feeling like idiots until they realize like he's not coming back, is he? Right. <laughs> so I run down the hallway, and this hall monitor just goes, "Don't do anything foolish." <laughs> and uh, so I keep running, and I run out of the back of the the school, and I run and I run and I run, and I get to this. This weird fence that I hadn't seen before it just looked like a, a like a rounded wire, like of a relatively small gauge. But something in me said maybe that's an electric fence, but I wasn't sure. And for whatever reason, I thought that if I only hook my thumb underneath it, that that will somehow be lesser than if I grabbed it. Uh, it was an electrical oh, fence God. and it feels like a hundred like strong men just punched you in the arm at the same time. Like it is, it like zapped right through my body and I'm like, okay, well I'm not going that way. So uh, I kind of walked a little bit further along that, that kind of wooded area and then cut back to the main road. Well, my girlfriend at the time went to a different high school, which was about 20 minutes away. Yeah. And so I started hitchhiking and I'd never hitchhiked in my life. Um, I know that my dad had forgotten all about this. This is so
1: fun reliving.
0: Yes. (laughs) My dad had hitchhiked before, but that was back in the sixties and it was on the Marine base. And that was pretty common for guys to give other guys rides. It was not a big deal, but this was me legitimately walking down a road with my thumb out and just waiting for, for cars to, to stop. And most of them passed, but I was only at it for probably maybe five minutes. And the first one pulled over. And um, it was a younger guy, uh, probably in his like 30s, I would say. And, um, you know, I'm sure they probably felt okay about it because I was a pretty young thing back then. You were. yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe they thought like this isn't, you know, guy's not going to slip my throat or whatever. So um, I get in the car and he is the first of three to say, my wife would kill me if she knew I was doing this. (laughs) And they all said it. So anyhow, um, he takes me to like the, I said, or he asked me where I was going and I told him chesterton high school. And, uh, so he took me as far as like the next main road, which would have been highway six. For those of you who know the area, um, he, he got me that far, which was pretty good. Um, so I get to six, I thank him. He lets me out. I start walking down again and I immediately start hitchhiking again. Another guy pulls over again, young guy, probably in his thirties or forties. I get in the car. He said, my wife would kill me if she knew I was doing this. Like it was, it was unbelievable. The deja vu. But I, I kind of told, like, them what was going on, and, you know, they all were kind of, like, relating to the story, like, yeah, sometimes you just got to get away, you know, and, like, I don't know, reliving their youth somehow. <laughs> right. um, but he took me all the way to the high school, which was great. I walk into the high school, and I'm kind of looking around, you know, I don't know what I thought I was going to do when I got there, but I'm looking around, I, I see one of my girlfriend's friends, and I said, hey, is, is so-and-so here? And they said, no, she didn't come to school today. I'm like, you got (laughs) to fucking be kidding me. I just risked my life to get here. So I'm like, well, I've just got to hitchhike to her house, which was like 10 miles away from the school. So I
1: I am curious, though. What were you hoping was going to happen once you got to another high school? Like, can I just
0: take classes here today? They won't let me at my school. (laughs) You know what's funny about that? I did do that one time and her teacher just let me sit with her in class. Like she's like this is my boyfriend and he was cool and I just sat there with the, through the whole class it was like the last class of the day when right. I did that but before but it, yeah they were cool there That's that crazy. school used to be really cool um, and then they got our vice principal over there and it right. wasn't yes. so cool anymore no. so I get long story short I get back to the main road that I now have to go down a couple of miles to get to her house I get picked up once more exact same situation that I've described twice before literally the exact same things happen the and twist
1: is you don't know about. The Chesterton polygamists, they're all married to the same woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Any Normally other wives don't give a shit. Yeah, right. Through but
0: coincidence. That, yes. So I'm walking. And now the the final bit of the story is that I, uh, I've now gotten what I feel is close enough to her house. And I'm content to just walk. So I'm no longer hitching. But a truck pulls over. And there are three men in it. And uh, one is sitting in the back of the, the pickup truck in the in the bed. There's two sitting up front, and they all have their faces painted in camouflage. And they said, do you want to ride? And I'm like, uh... <laughs> like, I can't believe that I'm turning this down, but I was like, yeah, alright. So I got in the pickup truck and squeezed next to these three guys, in fucking grease paint on their faces, and they took me the rest of the way to her house, and I got to her house, and she was there, and she wasn't really that sick. And, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was a great afternoon. And then I um, uh, had a friend pick me up from there, took me. I was in a play that night. He took me to, right to the performance so I didn't have to face my parents, oh went my to the God. performance. And then after my parents were there after the show, but <laughs> I did a really good job. So I didn't get in any trouble or anything. What? I got off completely scot-free. Got picked up by no less than four people. That's One of them outrageous. unsolicited, Yeah. And lived to tell the tale. Wow. See? Theater, kids. Pays <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, that forgives any transgression. Just getting a show. Wow. All right. Well, wow. what a story, Mark. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? Hey, wait.
1: <laughs> no, that was, I, I mean, for me personally, that was uh, so fun to relive. That day that I had thought about so long. Yeah, it yeah, was a while back. It was a fun day. Um, you, uh, you pulled the costume off. I remember it very vividly. Looked great. Uh, yeah, like it's,
0: I said. I Yeah, I, what's wrong with it? You're right. I felt pretty. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Don't tell kids they can dress up for Halloween. Yeah, right. How about that? Okay. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We're talking about because it has a hitchhiker in it. And also the, uh, I guess uh, hitchhikers, uh, especially through the lore and background of the series itself, plays an important part, right? That's yeah. why I uh, had to ask about hitchhiking. Anyway, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, that one. Okay, nineteen seventy-four. Oh man, so this was uh, this was written by Toby Hooper and Kim Hinkle. It, this was definitely directed by Toby Hooper. <laughs> yes. We're, all right, we're not going to... We're going to put that one to rest. Uh, and it stars uh, Marilyn Burns, Gunnar Hansen, John Larroquette. Yeah. Uh, and this one, man, this had a budget of... I'm going to say $150,000. i have never seen, like, looking up the box or the budget for this movie, more discrepancy and arguing over the fewest amount of dollars. Like... <laughs> it's like like the most this movie cost was 200,000. Right. But you know, people will be like, "Oh, it was they only spent 60." It really doesn't matter. I read 40 if that just throw, so really, muddies exactly. the lake even more. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. But then it had a box office of 30 million. Yeah. And for good reason cuz this is I mean, it's the pillar. Listen, I think a lot of people I I feel like in as you know, I'm not as entrenched in the uh, uh, culture and scene as a lot of people. But I feel like Halloween has just been given that like that's the Citizen Kane. Like it's not going to change now. Like everyone's just decided Halloween's the top one and it goes from there. But this one for me, like if you're doing word association and you say horror movie, I think of this movie.
0: A thousand percent, and, and it's, it's not
1: like I'm. It's a hot take. Like people yeah. are forgetting Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just feel like let's slow down on
0: crowning Halloween forever. I think it's great that you said that. I really do because here's one thing that I always forget, and shame on me. Even if you don't, if you want to argue movie versus movie, that's fine. Guess what? This came out four years before yeah. Halloween did. Yeah. So you're a thousand percent right. And if if people want to say, like, it wasn't a slasher, how is it not? You've got a fucking final girl. You've (laughs) got a final girl trope. You are the the beginning of it. Practically, you have uh, somebody chasing somebody around with with new and bizarre weapons. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't make an argument that it's not a slasher movie. It is. It came out four years before Halloween.
1: I mean, it has more story than a slasher movie yeah absolutely more development so
0: no I mean, you're right i mean it's almost
1: a compliment then to it <laughs> to be like it's not a slasher well and, i don't think it's trying to be
0: and everything about it is is amazing from from the top down that we, we love our titles and the, the the funny thing to me is even if you had a movie called the Chainsaw Massacre, that's still a great title. That's a great title. Yeah, it's a solid B as far as as titles go that grab you. But they, you know, wanted to make sure that it not to be confused with any of the other numerous chainsaw massacres right. in the lower forty-eight states. This is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But um, but I'm and it's so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right.
1: It's the the Ohio State of movies. Like. Yes. You can't yeah. just say Texas Chainsaw Massacre,
0: right? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, so powerful. I've said this before. I'll say it again, real quick. The power of um, of urban legends and and pop culture. You know, to where I remember asking my mom about this, and she said that she actually remembered reading about it in the newspapers, like that, which never happened. And I've mentioned that on the show before, and um, you know, but it was presented. With that wonderful intro, you mentioned John uh, Larroquette voicing that.
1: Wait. Oh, hold on. I forgot to do Sum. Oh, yeah. All right. Hold that John Larroquette introduction. Sally Hardesty, her brother Franklin, and a few of their friends are traveling down to the Hardesty homestead in Texas amidst reports of vandalism at the family's gravesite. While investigating and reminiscing at the old dilapidated home, friend Kirk attempts to get some spare fuel from the neighboring farm. What he finds is a murderous, cannibalistic family that picks them off one by one until only Sally is left. And now Sally is the guest of honor at dinner. Mm. But in this house, it means you're the dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Which is too too cheesy of an explanation that this movie deserves, because there is nothing cheesy about this movie
0: at all. Except the, uh, well, the only thing cheesy about it is head cheese. (laughs) Right. <laughs> a lengthy discussion about head cheese, yeah. which, which we'll was get the to working that too. title.
1: Yes. Head cheese.
0: Well, I, well I, let me just get that out of the way real quick. If you've never had head cheese before, it is the most disgusting thing on this planet. It is essentially a meat gel uh, made up of all the whatever's left over of the head of, of a, a cow.
1: Yeah, they boil... The head. Yeah. And then scrape it's got, everything off. It of could
0: it. be brains. It could be eyes. It could be anything. And it's awful. And I was actually surprised with it. I was half awake. It was five o'clock in the morning. I was going to have to drive an hour. i stayed somewhere. I was going to have to drive an hour back just to go to my morning work job, you know, my morning office job. And I was looking for something to eat. The person went to the kitchen. They come back and they're like, "Here, have this." And I, my eyes are barely open. I take a bite, and it's fucking head cheese, <laughs> and it feels gross in my mouth, and it tastes gross. And I was just so... Li- I don't get mad about much, but being surprised by head cheese yeah. was not on the top. Like, of Like, uh, is it salty? Is yeah, yeah, it's salty, and it's like, um, yeah, it's like a slight like slices of gel of that are kind of meat. Weird. It's really bad. It's really gross. Um, but some people love it. Some people yeah. love it. What? Well, um, yeah. But uh, it's our own privilege, Tim, talking about we don't
1: have to eat head cheese all the time. Right. That's all you had to eat. You'd love it.
0: Yes, apparently. <laughs> Maybe.
1: Um, yeah. But I uh, am thankful that I uh, was born a person that did not have to, like, trick myself into thinking yeah, this is know, as good as it the gets. good animal parts are fine enough.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I, I like everything that, you know, doesn't taste good and isn't appetizing. Scrape all that together for me. That's that's my favorite part. Um, But yeah. So when this movie. Boy, where do you go about uh, when you when you want to begin to talk about cultural impact? I mean, it's something that we're going to be able to talk to throughout the whole episode here. But I think that kind of what you were mentioning earlier about this being sort of the the king. One thing that, that separates this movie from all of the other slasher franchises is that I feel like this one elicits the most palatable thoughts of danger, like you know, Nightmare on Elm Street can get a little goofy as it gets into the franchise. And and it's not to say that all of the rest of the other. Well, Yeah,
1: don't start talking yeah. about going into the franchise. <laughs> right? you, get, no. you get to number two in this franchise <laughs> and we have good point. Hit wacky town.
0: Good point. I guess what I'm saying is, is
1: that but they, I understand what you're yeah, right. the character a level of brutality
0: yeah. that feels yes. elevated over, you know, uh, Jason or Freddie or Michael Myers. Um, not to say that it, that those movies are anyhow, uh, lesser, but they don't seem to have as raw of an edge as this movie does. Um, and just the, just the sound of the title, just the feel of it, just the fact that it's a fucking chainsaw. Um, it, it's, uh, I watching think it
1: feels like Blair witchy, like where you're like, am I accidentally watching something like real footage?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny you say that because um, the uh, one of the lead actresses uh, who plays the uh, Marilyn Burns, Marilyn Burns, who plays our final girl, Sally, actually said in an interview that she got frightened that because things were so low budget and because it was so crazy and maddening, she honestly thought that maybe she had been hired to be in a snuff film and was going to be tortured and killed like it's that bad like I mean, there were no trailers and and right. you know massage therapists on standby to relax the actors and craft food service table none of that shit I mean yeah. this was just in the heat of this Texas. was an
1: independent film before it was cool to work <laughs> on independent films, right yes yeah reading about like just reading about this movie just filming it yeah. seemed horrific like there is no air on set you know they don't have fans going during these scenes so they're just in a hot hot house with no ventilation imagine having to wear that leather face not even just his clothes alone and then having to put that heavy
0: mask on your face yeah nobody was allowed to wash their clothes there none of their clothes could be laundered for like 15 days yeah
1: they were afraid it would look different. Yeah, like guess what else makes clothes a different color?
0: Yeah, your tra- the quality of your transfer is <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not really doing it any favors either. But um, but yeah, the uh the the shoot was was a, a spectacle in and of itself. But um, yeah, from from the top down, it is um. It's really special and it it does set the tone with that intro. I think my first note that I wrote here in my what I call my viewing notes is the fucking intro. I mean, it's that's just what I wrote down because it's it's so serious in its tone. It's um, it commands your attention. It almost feels like it practically feels like a news report that you have to listen to, like it's like instructional, like you have to know this. And it's it's beautiful. I mean, John Larroquette has a beautiful speaking voice, so it comes across as serious and kind of, um, creepy, um, but very factual. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's nothing ironic or funny about it at all. And, um, Toby Hooper didn't have a problem with that, with saying that it was real because he, at that time felt like there was so much misinformation about the Vietnam war going on by his own government that he didn't have any problems coming up with a couple fibs himself. Right, yeah. So um so yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Thank God we got over, we don't that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, we fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since 1974 yeah. was over misinformation. It's in the past. Roses and sunshine now. <laughs> um but yeah, we uh we're clearly in Texas. We get this like uh this great shot of a dead armadillo on the highway. We know exactly where we are, but even before that one of my favorite things and how many movies can you say this about when a, a a particular singular sound is one of your favorite parts of a movie yeah that's amazing and that sound is kind of supposed to be the sound of the flash bulbs going off and then recharging and then the the bulb recharging yeah but it's this like i don't know you're you're good with vocals better you're better with what you're gonna make me do the noise how does it go i mean because it's impossible (coughs) yeah 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 no that's way better than i would have done (laughs) i would have gone like (coughs) that's more like slaughtered pig it
1: off it's uh you know
0: but um but yeah i mean it's
1: so distinct so
0: iconic yeah it's the it's so iconic. Song. They
1: had to use it in the trailer when they remade it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. It's like, yes, we of course we have the chainsaws, sex chainsaws massacre. And of course we have this
0: sound. <laughs> it's more iconic than the actual chainsaw. Yeah. And I found out they made it by like really thwacking uh, a tuning fork and then uh, like kind of deadening it against uh, some piano wire. So you've got the, the tuning fork is already vibrating. And then by touching it against something, it kind of makes this, makes that sound like swoop up. Yeah. Um. But uh, very, very cool. Well, because
1: as you dampen it, the, the, uh, it vibrates, like when it comes to, when it stops vibrating is when it stops making the noise, but as it stops, because it's oscillating, even though it happens very quickly, the pitch gets high. Y- yes. So, yeah, there's also a thing called a, I know I'm going to say the root, the name wrong, but it's like a Euler's disc. And it's just like a disc. I might have shown one to you before. I have one somewhere. And you set it on like this concave plate, essentially. It's uh-huh. a plate with a little bit of curve on it. So it's not on a flat surface. And then you just spin it like you would a coin. But just the way and the the edge of the disc is beveled. So the way the bevel works on the concave of that plate you're doing it on like a coin will you know just kind of spin and then flatten real quick. This takes like a minute and a half to finally resolve, but it's still spinning. So as it's getting more closer to being level like that no it's it's so it's such a trippy sound. It's just like going and then right at the end it's this cool like and it ends like that, and it's just, you, but it feels like it's never going to end. It's the coolest thing. What's it used for? Um, I think just physics demonstrations. Oh it's just wow, just kind of a look at look how physics works here. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know. There there might be a practical application for it, but yeah, if it has any- uh, entertaining stoners seems to be the number one application.
0: <laughs> yeah, if it has to do with uh, you know maybe something you saw in physics class, that's the reason why I've never heard of it before. <laughs> Uh, never got that far.
1: Got my uh, two credits and I was out.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, we, we get started with these great sounds. And uh, speaking of sound real quick, something, two things that are really neat, a low budget, you know, generally is looked at as something that's going to harm a movie, but thank God for it in this one, because that, because they had such a low budget, Every bit of dialogue and sound that you hear is what's recorded in the boom mic on the set in the scene. Mm-hmm. There was no, what's that ADR. ADR yeah. There was no ADR, no post sound put in whatsoever. Yeah. That it is. It's literally. Wow, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, yeah. But so great because so many of these old, especially older movies where they just didn't give a shit about yeah. ADR quality um and it can ruin a movie you remember or they
1: didn't care about the quality while they recorded yeah, it Or just yeah. like we can yeah but,
0: but yeah, uh, it takes you out of it so hard. oh it does like when we watched the stuff and it was just a yeah, fucking nightmare scanners uh yeah yeah right <laughs> um but yeah thankfully none of that here and also uh, one final note on the sound um the soundtrack uh also put together by Toby Hooper um is uh, music it is music, but it's it's very much more sound oriented. It's very much it's not. There's no um, it's atonal. There's no uh, discernible melody. It's just a series of some animal sounds, a lot of acoustic um, instruments being sort of manipulated, and um, so it it comes across as. Uh, as audio atmosphere within a scene but it doesn't follow a, a standard progression of notes. Right. It's very very cool. Um one thing just real quick this has nothing to do with Texas Chainsaw Massacre but this is such a neat thing. Do you know how they do the uh, Godzilla roar? Uh no. It is actually a glove covered in like a pine tar like make it kind of sticky and then they rub it down like a um like a stand-up bass, like an upright bass. Oh, so it does that like, yeah, yeah. But when you, it's so funny because when you hear the sound, you picture this giant dinosaur, but then when you see somebody just run their hand down a base, you're like, Aw. oh, that's interesting. It ruins it for sounds me. Sounds fascinating. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Um, but yeah, so w- something that you said that I, I really connect with is the fact that this movie uh, as a result of its grittiness does have that sort of found footage feel to it. There's not, I mean, there's no crane shots. There's no fancy camera work. That's like swooping overhead that sets up the scene. It's very much in the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good, yeah, I didn't, it's weird. Like, I think just a lot of those things, I didn't notice them subconsciously. I didn't notice them consciously, but subconsciously that has to be why this works so well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is the the Genesis, you know, somebody might be sitting here and in in, in listening and asking themselves, you know, where did this idea even come from? If we're talking about 74, if it's if it is a predecessor to Halloween, how does this even start? Well, real quickly, uh the very first seed, uh chronologically speaking, would be when a doctor made a visit to Toby Hooper's family's house. And he was talking about how he had made a mask out of a cadaver this doctor is telling a kid this Mm -hmm. like in medical school, like for kicks, you know, cut off somebody's face and made a mask out of it. And so that stuck with him as a child. Um, The chainsaw element came from him being in Montgomery wards. And uh, is it wards or ward? I think it's just Ward. Oh, I'm throwing that, that Chicago thing uh, in there. The, Is it Ward's? <laughs> and uh, it was during a, a busy. If ho- you shorten
1: it to Ward's, I think that's fine. Yeah, there you Either go. Be,
0: yeah. So it's the busy holiday season. There's a bunch of people all over the place. He just wants to get the fuck out of there, and he happens to be standing right by this chainsaw display. And he's like, well, yeah, that, that would get me out of here. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if he was thinking about cutting through the walls or cutting through the people. But right. either way, that was that was the beginning of that. And then as far as the idea of somebody collecting bones, making things out of bones, using skin as um, as a, uh, I guess, like a sewing tool or as tool or craft tool that came from his aunt's stories who lived in Wisconsin and she was referencing Ed Gein, who is the famous, eh, some call him a serial killer. He, he was convicted of, I, I want to say, two murders. They, uh, he is suspected of a great many more, but they don't really know how much he, he did or didn't do. But he was really big on making like, um, like he made a wreath out of like uh, nipples, um, he, uh, he made lamps out of skin. Uh, he took his own mother's torso. He skinned his mother and he would wear his mother's torso, like her head all the way down to, to her waist, um, and just go outside and walk around. Um, <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's cold there. Right. Um, but, uh, so yeah, he was, he definitely had some issues. Um, but I mean, if you, if you look at the guy, he just looks like this, like little, just kind of, you know small framed little farmer, like rural farmer guy, yeah. but really fucked yeah, up. Yeah. He's not a very imposing looking no. guy. But, um, but yeah, so all of those elements put together um, coupled with Toby Hooper, wanting to do a story about alienated teens. Uh, again, I think that kind of ties in with the Vietnam generation and, and feeling like, young people are being sent off to something that uh is endangering them and and that they're they're not being told the whole story and that they're in peril so i think that that was kind of inspiring them too but um Man,
1: yeah i didn't even think about how close this was like you don't think about how old this movie really is yes yeah, and how much that probably old. influenced it. that's really it's really interesting it hey,
0: well, and you've got what's his name charles uh shit uh, the clock tower guy down in Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Charles, uh, is it Whitcomb? Uh, something like that. Um, But uh, yeah, so there's, you know, some bad shit happening at this time and it's influencing these these filmmakers. But um, but yeah, there the, I've heard varying accounts of whether how much of a script there was for this movie. I have to believe that some of it is scripted, but you can certainly see. especially in like the family scenes where it's just like the dad and the brothers yelling at each other, going back and forth. There's a lot of line repetition, which is a dead giveaway for, for improv like, or just noise hooting and hollering. Yeah. Like (laughs) laughing. You you can, you can see Toby Hooper saying like, okay, your motivation in this scene is to tell him to get out of the car. (laughs) So he says, get out of the car like 15 different (laughs) ways, you know? (laughs) So yeah, there probably wasn't much of a script. You don't want to get, you're not getting out of the car. (laughs) right (laughs) um but uh but the uh the cast here this is where this movie is kind of interesting um have you ever had a movie before like this to where the parts are being played most of them are being played well um so but but so under the radar that you're almost not even necessarily really seeing these people as, as actors. And I'm not even talking about the crazy ass family. I'm just talking about the group of the young, five young people that were following in the van. Yeah. Um, I mean like everybody's so down, like naturalistic and down to earth and everything. I mean, isn't it weird how it just doesn't come across as a movie? I'm it, saying that yeah. in a dumb way, but well,
1: and it's cause they're not, they're not really distinct, but not to a fault. Like, you know, because you can have a movie where it's just like here are five kids and that's kind of what this is i mean there's obviously one of them is in a wheelchair he definitely sticks out from the rest of them you know but the the characters themselves besides one whiny individual are not super well defined but they're also not in any situation where they need to be or that matters you know yeah um but it's not like And, and I think the – because if you're, if you're not attached to a character and they die, the impact is not as strong. Because you're like, well, I, I wasn't really invested in that person. But in this movie, the way these characters die yeah. is so uh, surprising and visceral the first time you see it. Like, it's not about the characters. Like, it's more about – what they're, you know, what's happening to him <laughs> right. Cause it like that, that first sequence when, uh, Kirk, like, I'll tell you what, man, I don't know. Like just that whole sequence when he goes into the house and we first see Leatherface the first time and he kills him. Uh, like that whole sequence is five or six seconds long, essentially. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of the most like shocking moments of film to me at least for me personally Mm -hmm. like that scene it just sticks in my mind as like i saw it once and i was like i'll never forget the sequence of events every motion that happened everything i felt while i watched it and every time i watched it i have the same and it's and it's such a weird it's like such an awkward scene Mm -hmm. um which might help with it Cause he kind of like stumbles into it. It's no, um, I mean, it's definitely a, I guess kind of a jump scare. It's not really jumpy, but it's surprising. Um, But yeah, he like stumbles into the scene. Then he's bludgeoned. So we're used to like stings, right? Or like a musical hit or someone pops out or runs and then a stab or a shot. But this is like awkward stumble. Then clumsy thud. Yeah. Then he's twitching, like the fucking twitching mm. is probably the worst part, because uh, you like feel that. Yeah, so that's one of my worst nightmares. Is like just that kind of like loss of your brain. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. No. While being, he's probably still a little conscious, at the, right. you know, maybe probably not. I don't know. But then, yeah, then just the massiveness and ease that he just fucking tosses that body aside. And then almost in the same motion, this fucking metal door out of nowhere and just slams that shut. And it just, it hits perfectly. It doesn't look like some shitty piece of set. They just built like, like that was there always. And it was like the house was built with that door for that purpose and it's the most it's probably my favorite 10 seconds of any movie
0: i uh i wrote down this i guess it's kind of a sentence fragment in a sense it just said i just wrote the door period the end of american happiness <laughs> Like when that fucker slams shut everything in the world changed after that moment when that door slams let me tell you um i i I love that you were affected by that scene as much as i was as much as everybody has to because you're right the only again not a hot take like no but you're right though check out this scene (laughs) you described it perfectly because it's yeah when you first see leatherface it's it's so out of sync for any progression of moments that is normally set up in a movie that it almost feels like he like jumped his cue. Like right. like it almost seems like it like you say, like he stumbled into it. But then is it is it is it when Kirk first sees him, he stumbles in, but isn't there that there's that there's No, it's that a zoom. weird
1: like it um, almost it's almost from Kirk's perspective. So the yeah. camera's kind of panning up while he's raising yes. the hammer. And there's So it's zoom. almost that hammer's going up so high and it's Yeah, and it is. It's zooming in on this leather face. Leather face, and you're just like, what? Right before that, you hear pigs. Yeah. So your brain is kind of already
0: like pig
1: face and yeah it's like no what the fuck is this thing?
0: and now imagine god damn it people imagine it's 1974 you don't know who leatherface That's is right. you've never heard you that saw word before a
1: retrospective on
0: hbo when you were a kid yeah no this is you sitting in the theater with no expectations and then you see that now you mentioned the door it's funny funny that you say that um about it it like it was it was meant for that house they the scene didn't have what's called a button and a, what a button is, is this is used in acting. This is used in by filmmakers. It's something that is like a <laughs> it's like a physical representation of when people say and scene," right. like to to kind of put an exclamation point at the end or a period at the end of a moment so that you you have sort of like an end point to then transition to the next scene. And Toby Hooper's like this. Where's my button? I don't have a button. He's like, I need a door like somebody. Somebody get me a door. Like, we'll do it that because there was no door in that door frame. Jeez. So he's like, I got to have a door. Well, they come back with this silver slider door, which thank fucking God they did. They could have gotten any door. Yeah. But they came back with that. And uh, and then that's the button for the scene is that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Slam. Which and is. And for him to
1: do it with such ferocity, like they've. Kudos to that team yeah. for hooking up that door. Yeah. Cause and that could have easily just fucking fallen out maybe it did maybe they did a couple takes i well, don't
0: know no and, and it's great that you say that because toby hooper even said like we were kind of running a risk because we haphazardly threw the door in there oh, like man. it wasn't meant for a pocket door but we we built it and he's like we were kind of compromising the set by slamming it but he's like i had to have that slam and it like thank god that he had that foresight for that moment but um you i, I just want to say something repeat something that you said that you are so dead on about God damn! If that isn't the creepiest thing to see—the the the the, like post body trauma Mm -hmm. twitch—the involuntary twitching is so unsettling. I see it. I watch. I naturally I watch a lot of fights. It's not. Sometimes you get the twitch. Sometimes you'll see fighters on their back and their arms go straight up stiff, like the both arms will be straight up (laughs) stiff in the air, and they'll be locked up like that. Um, but yeah, when you see that and you're like, the brain has been damaged, that movement is completely involuntary. Yeah. And it is Cause it's, if he's just
1: laying there. You're like, maybe he's just knocked out.
0: Right. Maybe but it's, he's
1: OK. It's like but this is like he'll never be OK. He's again. been turned
0: into a vegetable. we got basically. two
1: guys in wheelchairs now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. At, at best. No. And, OK. And well, let's let's uh, speak to that elephant in the room here. <laughs> Okay, Frank, we're getting
1: into the great parts of the movie. Let's backtrack to the
0: worst part. Franklin is the brother of Sally. Yeah. And he is in a wheelchair, which is fine. I, I think that I think that he needed to be in a wheelchair because I think what and I don't know this for a fact, but I think that what that does is that it sort of grounds Everybody, instead of saying like, hey, why doesn't everybody just take off running? Right. Well, They can because one of them is, is not able to do that. So it's a good device that way. Now, why they had to put that guy in the yeah. chair is the question. And you know what? They even I don't know why he wanted an annoying character. He didn't even let that actor bathe. So he smelled even worse than oh. everybody else did. So I don't know what wait, what that's mean. I don't know why they would go out of their way to make this guy so unlikable. Yeah. But um but they did, and he wow. is. <laughs> I'm glad I heard that because now I at least have
1: some sympathy for the guy.
0: <laughs> right. But he's so whiny. Every single thing that comes out of his mouth is just whining and complaining and repetitive, and it's just garbage. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's, you pay attention to them, I guess. Yeah. Everybody else is great. The girls are so cute. Um, the guys are not just because it was, you know, tough to be, you know, really good looking with some of that styling back then. But I
1: think those guys are real good looking. Well one, them,
0: well, one of them, one of the yeah. guy with the glasses,
1: I said, he looks like, like if you watch a Hanna-Barbera cartoon like the human they draw to be the counter like he looks like he's like Jabberjaw's friend and popped out of <laughs> like it's the the glasses that hair the clothes yeah but the other dude yeah he's all right. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he is. No, he is.
0: Um and the, but the girls is are He's
1: very I loved I just like his character. I don't know. I think maybe it's a post-hippie sensibility where they're just they're uh I don't know. They didn't seem as freaked out about the violence happening in their van because they pick up the hitchhiker yeah. and he cuts himself and he cuts Franklin and he's a weird dude. Turns out he uh, is a member of this crazy family, but we don't know that at the time, but you know, they just seem very calm in the presence of uh, danger. Yeah. And he seems to handle it very well, way better than I would have.
0: Yeah. And it's really, really hard to pull off being a a sort of grounded calm character like that and not being boring like the guy isn't boring no he just seems really you know self-actualized and and he's trying to do the right thing and you're right maybe there was that hippie uh sentimentality where it's like we're gonna go out of our way to not judge people and try to accept people even if they're different yeah you know and we're uh, all being calm here man let's just all be calm you know and the self-mutilation uh, was chosen just because, and then I think that actually, if I'm not mistaken, I, I've watched a documentary called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a family portrait, uh, which has been such a cute title yeah. um, a long time ago. But I re- think I remember hearing that it was actually the actor's choice to cut himself and that uh, it was, you know, you can stab somebody, you can cut somebody else, but when you're doing it to yourself, it's even creepier. Uh, than than like the meanness there's meanness in hurting somebody else mm-hmm. there's creepiness in hurting yeah. yourself
1: There's a will, there's a will there, yeah,
0: yeah. right, and uh that actor like
1: I, I've had uh I had a neighbor who tried to be blood brothers with me several times, and there was <laughs> just like not that does not seem worth it to me
0: <laughs> right um, yeah, that's a commitment It yeah. is. it is uh like i I think you're a cool dude, but I don't want to cut myself right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have to cut myself to be your friend. Yeah. You know,
1: dude, he described like long yeah. down the palm yeah. and then the gripping handshake. I was like, ah, just how about just call me if you want to play games or something tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I got lucky when I did it because the, the cut happened kind of accidentally, but that uh, actually the same cut happened accidentally to the other guy. So then oh. we, we already had it done. Yeah. And we were sliced. But I mean, it, it worked. So, but yeah, we didn't have to go through the moment of like sticking that blade in for the first time and pulling it down. Right. Um, So speaking of that hitchhiker, we were talking about this earlier, just amongst ourselves. But this movie is a great and shining example of having actors that are so convincing and so unsettling that you can't help but believe that these people are twisted in real life. Um, And and that hitchhiker actor who was just a dude. I don't even think he was in the theater program at uh, at University of Texas. I think somebody just said, hey, they're auditioning for a movie in there. Huh. And he just walked in and auditioned and they Toby Hooper loved what he did with it. And um, so they uh, they cast him. Same thing with Gunnar Hansen. He just happened to hear about it. And uh, it went in. and They gave him Leatherface. Yeah. I mean, they're
1: Edwin Neal is the hitchhiker.
0: Oh, OK. He does yeah. a lot
1: of voice acting now. Oh, really? Video games and stuff. Good
0: oh, for wow. Him. But yeah, super duper, just um, the, the creep vibe is very real. And um, and you know me, I love a simple setup. The, uh, the setup to this movie, to tell you the honest truth, I, half the time I even forget what they're going for. I think it's, is it that their grandpa's grave has been disturbed or something yes, like that? Yes, because,
1: yeah. Yeah, because the movie opens with the kind of news report about uh, some bodies being dug up and desecrated. And yeah, one of them, I think it happened in the graveyard where their grandfather was buried. Got it. Okay. So they were going down to see that. And then they're like, well, also our his old house is down here. Let's swing by it. Yeah. 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 Cause we missed the, We missed some, uh, some key plot points, which aren't missed in here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, cause we were like, where are they going to go after this? But they were out of gas because the, uh, the, dad at the gas station was like our pumps are dry they're going to come by later so that's why they went next door to get gas
0: yeah okay that yeah that makes sense that makes sense and um but again it's it's the beauty and the simplicity of just you know five relatively carefree or four carefree and one really annoying person (laughs) like in a van just you know doing their thing and and it's it's those simple plot lines that always scare me the most i've said it before about last house on the left two girls walk into a concert somebody says hey you want to come up to my apartment and smoke some weed and they go up there and it turns out that the apartment is filled with a bunch of crazy people i mean it 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 could happen yeah and um so yeah these poor folks just stumble across the the wrong group of people and um and then plot wise (laughs) there's not a whole lot of intricacy after that no uh, we get a further introduction into the family, but what's really happening here. And what, what really frames this movie as being so terrifying is sort of seeming seemingly impossible ability to escape because there's nothing worse than thinking you've escaped something and then finding some help and then them not being much help at all, right? And, uh, that's where she runs into Jim Saito, um, uh, who is sort of the father of the? I, I believe he's the father.
1: Yeah, they call uh, him the cook.
0: Yeah, the cook. But he's
1: the father figure,
0: right? And um, and he struggled with as an actor. He struggled a lot with the violence because he's supposed to be beating up Sally and poking her with a stick and and God bless uh, Marilyn. Is that her name, Marilyn Burns? Yes. Um, she was the one that was like, hit me like just hit me like do wow. dude go for it like stop fucking around and uh so he got into it and they did Because if a-
1: this is a snuff film i'm making it <laughs> worth it <laughs> right
0: yeah isn't that what we're here for <laughs> kill me already for god's sake or kill franklin first and then me but right. um but yeah then he got into it and she actually was after when he's first beating her with the stick um not in the truck but in like when he first encounters her with um the they did, yeah, they did 8 takes and she like collapsed after after the last take like just got beat up into unconsciousness like wow. fainted. Jesus. Um yeah, so they they were really going for it. This movie really goes for it in a lot of ways. They used some real blood. Yeah.
1: I don't I was going to say I don't know why I'm shocked cuz reading <laughs> about this
0: movie how anyone made it out alive. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean they yeah, don't don't let me stop you on the real blood part. Uh, yeah, yeah. They used real blood uh at times. Uh they used real skeletons. <laughs> well, one time it was as fresh as it gets. Um uh, in the famous dinner scene, uh they had a, a knife rigged up that was supposed to have like a blood tube on it. And when Gunnar Hansen is leatherface is cutting uh sally's finger he's supposed to squeeze the dropper and then it puts a line of blood on her finger for grandpa to suck on and uh it just wasn't working and Gunnar hansen got kind of frustrated and so in the next take he just grabs her hand and slices her finger open like wait did she not she had to know that was gonna happen no 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 she had no idea there was a panel Like just a couple of years. Well, before Gunnar Hansen died, there was a panel where all those actors were on stage. Grandpa Uh, uh, did not know that her blood was going to uh, that. He was sucking on real blood. uh, (laughs) She didn't know that Gunnar Hansen was going to cut her finger. He just said, fuck it. After all these takes. And he sliced her finger without telling her and stuck it it in that that guy's mouth. mouth. You can't. There's got to be some law against that now. Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) That guy would be fucking exiled from right. ever doing a movie ever
0: again yes he would yeah.
1: sued Jesus
0: yeah so that I, maybe she wasn't that far off base for thinking that she might get killed by the end of yeah. it but yeah he sliced it without even telling her yeah just reading about how you
1: know they didn't take the chain off the chainsaw so yeah like the dude who played Kirk he brought that thing like three inches from his face yeah and he kept moving he's like look dude if you move I'm going to hit you right stop moving <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you do not want to be hit with a chainsaw. Oh, that's
1: my, well, was one of my worst.
0: It's very dangerous.
1: Yeah, that's uh, like the when it falls on Leatherface and hits him in the leg. I'm like, all right, now I'm
0: some sympathy. And that was that was bad for Gunnar Hansen too because there was I don't know if it was that scene in particular because that would have just been dumb luck, but I think it might have been because there he accidentally I think he dropped it earlier than he had planned to, and so. It, starts cutting into his leg. But what nobody realized was is that it's going to heat up the metal plate that's on top of his leg. So oh. he gets burned. Like when he's screaming, it's because the metal is burning into his skin because oh. the, the chainsaws on it. Oh. I mean, Holy God, how did they live? Like you said, it's amazing. Know.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, Toby Hooper was like, everyone hated me after this movie. <laughs> and it took years <laughs> to like, uh, mend some roads with some
0: of these people. Well, and, you know, the I guess the, the, the question that you ask yourself then is, as we're talking about all this, this craziness is, how about the watchability of, of this movie? Like, how do you feel when you're watching it? Are you engaged the entire time? Do you feel like it's got a, because it is pretty loose in its structure. Yeah. Do you feel good about the, the pacing and, and everything? I mean,
1: up to probably the dinner scene. I like you know,
0: the dinner scene.
1: You, you could look at your phone during that scene, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if you've never seen it before, please pay attention to this movie. But you're not missing much. And yes, uh, did I look at my phone during the dinner scene? Absolutely, <laughs> uh, because it is. It's a lot of improv stuff. Um, There's, I mean, some- it is definitely a a scene where like it's a memorable scene, obviously. Uh, but yeah, but once you see it, uh, the shock's kind of away it is just a lot of like slow goading god damn like the bit with the hammer is so long and then they redo it into which yeah. drove me nuts like um but everything up to that I, I think is super engaging yeah like i'm totally into it yeah that um Once franklin dies i'm just not invested
0: anymore yeah <laughs> right right yeah like the best thing in the world in this movie that could have happened happened yeah. Ooh, got oh, some thunder thunderstorm there. nice um but yeah the uh which these the new mics do not pick that up <laughs> uh so yeah no you're right the 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 dinner scene uses some of that um it's a little dated it's still cool but they use a little bit of that late 60s early 70s um thing that that filmmakers loved to do at that time which was like a lot of like a collage of cuts mm-hmm. like not necessarily directed to the action of the scene but we're going to show this freaky image over here and then this thing and then we're going to cut to her and then we're yeah. going to cut to this thing there's a lot of that like um like patchwork why
1: well, i like that though it's cool that's kind of her
0: like yeah maddening yeah it, because
1: the 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 deck in the house i mean we kind of talked about it but it's like like it's for, you know furniture made of skeletons. Yeah. And they're just like shit hanging from the ceiling and f- like chicken feathers everywhere. I mean, it's a disgusting, yeah, disgusting place. They said it smells so bad. Tied to a chair, and so I'm sure she's just like darting, you know, trying to make sense of any of it. Yeah. Um. But yes, you are right. Like that was a super <laughs> big technique that it works really well. Yeah. Here. yeah.
0: Yeah, like they do. Like, you know, have you ever seen To Sir with Love with uh, oh, Sidney Poitier? Yeah, it's like you know, like when they would show like a scene in this, like a late sixties movie, like kids going to a a, a museum, and then they would play some song and like show this exhibit and then that exhibit and then show the kids looking at it and <laughs> yes. like all that sort of like patchwork style. But it's cool. It's it's stylized, but it's cool.
1: Um, and and in that scene, you do uh, this was probably part of it was Jim Sidow, right? Jim Sidow. Um he was like I don't really like doing the violent stuff. <laughs> like right. even in the scene he's like that's you guys. Yeah. Which was probably I'm sure it was written differently and I right. had to talk with Toby
0: and he's like all right. <laughs> you know um
1: I already beat her unconscious with a straw broom.
0: Right. And they yeah they were they were going to to the nth degree for for everything that uh that they were attempting. A, a great example of that is in that you know, lovely, lovely moment of Franklin's death. They had to have the chainsaw cutting into Franklin, and then they needed the the blood to, to spray. They needed spraying blood as the chainsaw is, is making contact uh, contact with the flesh. So they get the—this this movie had one makeup person. There was no makeup team. There was one woman. Wow. Uh, and she's like, okay, I got this. And she takes a nice big mouthful of the fake blood and they're like, okay, do it. So they do the chainsaw. She spits out, does a spit take of the blood. Like she's sitting underneath him, blowing it up into the scene. It's working, but it's not quite working. So Toby Hooper is like, give me some of that. So now you've got her and him taking (laughs) mouthfuls of this fake blood. They try it again. Almost there. They're like, Boom guy. Come here. (laughs) So they've got the guy holding the boom mouth full of blood. (laughs) He's spitting it out over the camera. Toby Hoover is spitting it out from one side and she's spitting it out from the other. Just imagine seeing that happen. Like wow, three people doing spit takes of blood to get it into the frame. So
1: funny. Just the also the image of that reminds me of a weird thing I learned about this movie. They were shooting for a PG rating for this movie wow that tells you where our rating system was at at the time yeah that, that he's like if i don't show a lot of gore maybe it's the most disturbing visuals anyone's ever seen in their life right but if it's not that bloody
0: yeah suddenly jaws's pg makes a lot more sense <laughs> right. compared to this going for a pg but uh but yeah it's um it's so funny the the means with which they worked i mean they had one saw they literally had one chainsaw. Like you said, they kept the chain on it for most of it. Then eventually they just took out the choke, which would vibrate the the blade, uh-huh. but it, it didn't run the chain. So they got a little smart eventually. Um, and then we've got some really iconic scenes. In addition to that famous uh, door slam scene, you've got Pam's meat hook scene. And I watched this very, very, very closely because one of the, the neatest parts of, film viewership and horror and the, the human imagination is that you had an entire generation of people who swore would swear to you that they saw the hook go into her body. Right. And you never yeah, ever do you feel like you do. Yeah. You yeah. Do. Watching it now. Yeah.
1: I was, I was like, Oh, it's really not as bad as I remembered it.
0: You know, what is more terrifying to me in that scene than anything It's so funny. Cause it doesn't even have to do with the meat hook. It's when Pam gets away. And by the way, let me just set this up. Pam is so cute. She's <laughs> She's uh, got this great shirt on that has no back to it whatsoever. She's got these short kind of brick red shorts on. She's real cute. She's, you know, showing a lot of skin. She's really attractive and yeah. and looks cute. Summer 70s fashion was, it was great. Oh, yeah, it was. But here's the thing. You got this cute girl in this cute outfit. And what gets me most about this scene, and it's kind of a famous picture still from from the, uh, the production, she gets away for a second, and she gets out the front door, and then Leatherface comes up behind her and picks her up, and she looks so tiny yes. and helpless. He's holding her at like an angle, not even like straight up and down, but at an angle, and she looks like she weighs 10 pounds yeah. for him. And he and it's like and her arms and legs are flailing and it's like this fucking girl couldn't get away because she she
1: like it's that like she just breaks out into sunlight and it's like he just sucks her back into the shadow
0: of the house. You're exactly right and it's it's just makes you feel so helpless for the poor thing and then you get her into the room and she gets put onto the hook. And the, here's the thing with that. First of all, her misery is pretty real because they had her strung up by a nylon strap a not very wide nylon strap that just went essentially around her uh, pubic area or around the her vagina underneath. Yeah. And that was what was supporting her. It was cutting in because all of her weight is resting on it. So the poor thing is getting all chopped up down in her, her uh, nether regions. And so a lot of that pain is real. You're feeling it and, and there's something, and I don't want to get into trouble here. There's nothing overtly sexual about it, but there, it, there always is a little bit of a sexual element to these movies because we're talking about bodies and body parts and skin and everything. So there's always a, this human body element. I mean, the human body is the star of this, these movies, <laughs> yeah. you know, and what can happen to it. And so when she's up on that hook and she's impaled by something and she's moaning, uh, it, it is not sexual. It's terrifying, but there, uh, there is something weird about it because I mean, these are all just bright young things. You know, they're 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 not dirty, nasty people like the fireflies in in uh, Devil's Rejects. I yeah. mean, these are clean, good looking young people, and they're in the worst possible situation. So even though she's hanging on a meat hook, she still looks good. You know, right. so it's a little confusing when you're watching that, but it, that's what makes it so terrifying. And and in addition to that, you've got Leatherface still working on Kirk with the chainsaw right in front of her, her boyfriend Yeah, going to work on that. And what seems like it's just another day for him. Yeah, You know, he's just doing going about it. Very matter of fact, and uh, she's screaming in the background. And it's it's one of the key elements of it this like doesn't movie. bother him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the what I said when when you were talking about the dinner scene it's maddening that that is a it's a great word for this movie because there are lots of scenes where the stimuli is so overloaded that yeah you as you're watching it you just feel like this is so much it's so much happening right now yeah um and in that nasty ass house uh it's it's so great i mean it's so textured um the the colors are all kind of like muted but there still is color in spots Mm -hmm. um it kind yeah it kind of looks like weathered the whole movie looks like weathered wood like faded barn barn paint you know it's got a really neat muted palette um and uh yeah and then pretty soon you know we get uh everybody just kind of dies one by one but we get a really great chase scene with sally in getting caught up in the bramble yeah (laughs) And uh I mean great chasing. Well, I'll say I'll say great time for the time. All right. I'll say great in this context. The one thing and I've said this before that always creeps me out most about a chase is when you also see the bad person behind them. You right. If you just see somebody running away and you know the bad person is coming, that still freaks you out, but when you see them just closing in on them in the background, it's so terrifying. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's, you don't know what to expect. I mean, again, everybody has been killed so ruthlessly. It's like, I, she's probably going to die. You right. know, we didn't know about final girl tropes. There wasn't such a thing yet. No. Um, so that's what uh, that's what makes the movie so fascinating. And it, and it kind of brings us to. And usually
1: the final girl trope, they get led away like in a blanket by a police officer. No other. Well, one gets pulled into a lake by a demon, you know, a ghost baby or whatever. But, (laughs) but like her, like how maniacally she is like. We, uh, we came up with this term for our child who would laugh and cry. She's crafting. She's like doing this craft in this (laughs) truck, but it's maniacal and her eyes are just bulging. Yeah. You know, a lot of good emotion in that scene. She said that was real. Typical, like nice final girl resolution
0: yeah she said that was absolutely real that reaction too, like it was it because it was such a hard shoot and because she knew it was the end like it was this sort of like weird elation like i'm out of this craziness like i'm getting the fuck out of here you know like a lot of that was never have to hear about this movie again
1: (laughs) right right um I I do have a question. What happens to the guy? Because she flags down a semi, right? When she gets away, gets Mm -hmm. away. And uh, Leatherface is chasing her. She flags down this truck, a semi. And so, you know, she gets in the cab, and Leatherface is, like, trying to get into the cab, so they both get out the other side of the truck. She gets into that one guy's pickup. The truck driver just kind of
0: runs out of camera down the other end of the road. He's got a wrench in his hand.
1: Yeah, Well, no, because he threw it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He already threw his weapon away. Uh, So, yeah, I like to imagine that guy just... Because Leatherface doesn't chase him at all. No. He does his, you know, iconic little spin... But yeah, I'm just kind of like that guy's just
0: forgotten about. It. He's just like, what the fuck morning is this? <laughs> and he, he doesn't look like he does a lot of running. No, so <laughs> he did not get far.
1: <laughs> yeah. Before he started walking.
0: But. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's just still walking down that yeah, road right he's now. Looking behind him. Constantly, right. Yeah. Though. Right. Um, yeah. And then we get you mentioned it. Uh, what, what's called the, the, the dance at the end um, with Leatherface. Doing these, you know, gyrations and he's swinging the chainsaw around. And when I first saw it, that always read to me like, um, like he was angry, like he was pissed off that she got away, but other people have always referred to it as this sort of like dance, almost like, um, like something that you do when you're just like elated or like filled with emotion. And you're just, you're just, this movement comes out naturally so, what are your thoughts on what Leatherface is feeling when he's doing that? That, that those. Oh, I
1: just kind of always thought that was a like frustration. Yeah, she got away, but you know, it's not like she was important by any means, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the when the first time I saw it, I never really attributed much to it. Okay, like a lot of people seem to do. Yeah, in you know, post analysis.
0: Right. He did, you know, put a lot of of thought into who Leatherface is because they had kind of settled on the fact that he was developmentally disabled. And so Gunnar Hansen did do his, you know, due diligence and went to um, several schools for kids with special needs and did a lot of observing about uh, movement and posture and speech and that sort of thing, because he does. He does ver- verbalize in the movie, yeah, but it does come across very much like somebody who's working with a what, an underdeveloped brain.
1: He even does get a scene where it's just you know it's just zooming in on him, but you see him like thinking things out with his eyes, you know. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I forget we got to see like Leatherface act,
0: yeah. in this movie. Yeah, and it's a really <laughs> it's a really interesting moment. I I one time um. There was a, a son of uh, someone, and this son was—I uh, don't know if I've told this story before—but he's a really big guy. And we were moving. I was uh, with somebody. And we were moving in some appliances, and so uh, this person called a, a guy from work, and then he brought his son to help. His son was this giant guy. So we start moving the uh, the stuff off of the truck, and the son is like, "Hold on, wait a minute, Whew. here we go." hold on. And and I'm like, and I just, and then I'm, then he says like five or six things and then he says them again. And then he says them again and again. And I realized, Oh, he's, he's special, you know? And I had no idea, but it was, it was so fascinating to me because he was certainly able bodied. The guy was a giant. I mean, he practically carried the water by himself. (laughs) So he's this amazing, a specimen of, of humanity. But I, I was so intrigued by him, like just looking into his eyes because there just wasn't the normal connection that you have when you look at somebody because his brain isn't processing things the same way. And it kind of reminded me of that look that Gunnar Hansen really captures in that scene that you're talking about, where it looks like he's trying to sort through things, but just at a limited capacity. Right. And and he doesn't really, that really comes across, (laughs) Yeah. you know? Um, And you're also looking at his teeth. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because those are needing some help. Um, but yeah, now I I want to ask you one one question. You know, before we we would ever finish up here, because this kind of also ties back to our last ep- last week's episode of uh, Devil's Rejects.
1: These were well, real similar, like back to oh, back. Yeah, and we thought more about this mini series. <laughs> we might not have done it this way, right? But yeah, well, and in Devil's Rejects was very we much might have, should have done the purge. That's pretty America.
0: Yeah, Maybe I guess. Next it, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so well, what I want to ask you is when, when you have movies like this that are just ruthless in their tone and um, and pretty unforgiving and gritty. Um, what do you think about the the place in the cinematic universe for really rough movies like these? Like What? Do, does it do they trouble you do you feel like they have a place do you feel like it's responsible filmmaking do you feel like like it's um something that the world needs do you think it's harmful like harmful i mean do you think that they are do you think that there is a redeeming quality in films that uh, just set out to kind of terrorize
1: oh oh yeah sure i mean it's entertaining
0: for sure yeah you
1: know am i like what a good yarn they spun. No. Um but you know, it's not about that. I mean, it's kind of weird there is kind of a weird underlying family with the sto- uh, story with the family like if you really think about the family because they kind of drop a couple things about it about how they worked at the slaughterhouse and you know, the way they kill cows now, like that just replaced people. Right. So, you know, These are obviously people who are just trying to survive in the environment that they're stuck in. So, I mean, you could really, like, go down a crazy rabbit hole, probably analyzing the family, how they get there, why they get there. You know, there's an extra level of crazy with the cannibalism and things. But, yeah, if you're just a poor family with no education and you're isolated, yeah, I mean, like I can see how this can happen. So I'm not like, yeah, I don't, I don't. That's you it's dangerous. Did you say
0: dangerous? Well, yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, do you do you think that? I like
1: how gritty this movie is. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's lends a purpose. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I I think that they're now it it's not me. They that- tried
1: making the remake be dirty. But it still kind of had a shine.
0: To yeah. They, any of those 90s and 2000s yeah. remakes, it still had that I sheen mean the, to just it. just
1: the fucking camera that they had to work with. Yeah, I think it was one of those serendipitous things where it presented the vision of the film so much better on accident. Right. It's just any of those happy accidents. The shark not working, so you can't show it as much. So right. it's more suspenseful. Or, yeah, like, you know, I can only shoot this shot. <laughs> this you know with a bunch of light but i got to be this close but it makes it so much more visceral and, and like in your face yeah or whatever um so yeah i mean i love it i love i don't think the way they mo- made the movie was responsible but right. it was a different time like what i kind of like about when a a small movie like this becomes huge and then you can do so much digging on it like just i read a bunch about just the financing of the movie and people like creating their own companies just to like be a part of it or and like you know they'd have to convince the cast like hey you know you get a cut of the profits or whatever based on how well it does or whatever but then they're not telling them like but we only own like half of the movie so we can't really Give you what you think you're going to be getting. So, you know, but if this movie isn't big or becomes a thing that all that interesting behind the shit scenes shit gets yeah. lost forever. Yeah. Not that it's super interesting. Like you know, <laughs> people were cut out of a few hundred dollars, but it's just crazy. Like I get to look that stuff up on this movie just right. because it just happened to hit all the right
0: things at the right time. Yeah. Yeah yeah and i think that you know when when it comes to if a movie does feel especially brutal and if it does feel like that real assault on the senses and trying to make a, a a case for that trying to to argue for that having validity i think that it just boils down to um it's probably the same as like not everybody would go skydiving not everybody likes to drive i love to drive fast to my own you know driving records detriment um i i love to drive fast and when i'm in a car with somebody who gets really nervous when driving fast i can't, I can't imagine why they're not enjoying this right. because no. to me it's so exhilarating I also, yeah and so when I have
1: people in my car and they like over-exaggerate, like, whoa, Like if I would take a turn, I'm like, calm down. It's, you know, <laughs> you're fine.
0: Right. And I think that, that that's what Nancy
1: you- does this thing all the time. Like <laughs> even just breaking normally and she'll like put her hand up on the dashboard like every time. Right. It drives me nuts. And she also
0: doesn't like horror movies. She does not. So no. th- I think yeah, that she's that's a just a real wimp. I, th- I think that that's that must just be a thing, though, like. That kind of exhilaration. And and by the way, it's safe exhilaration. Am I a reckless driver? <laughs> well, I I, I am no one to judge. You were asking the wrong person because I'm going to say you're doing just I think I fine. I rely on my, I do have,
1: I think, pretty good uh, reaction times. Yeah. And, you know, I got really good eye-hand coordination. Sure. So I feel that, like my driving, I'm like, I can take some risks.
0: And that car looks like it handles pretty well. It like does, you can take great. some tight yeah, corners there. It's a
1: very safe car.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that uh, it's all about that safe fun. I think that that's maybe what some people who don't understand the brutality of these movies, maybe that's what the point that they're missing is that it's it is, well, relatively safe. This probably this movie isn't the best example of that <laughs> for some of the risks they took. but it's that safe exhilaration. When you get on a roller coaster, I mean, knock on wood,, uh, it's been tested. It's engineers have designed it. You can feel that exhilaration and still be safe. Um, And it's the same thing with these movies. You're not doing anything harmful to your body at all. There's nothing unhealthy that's happening other than you're putting yourself through a a set of stimuli that is going to activate certain fight or flight instincts within you. But, you know, that's who we used to be. We used to hunt for our fucking food. You know, and we used to be we used to have a lot more. Excitement in our day to day lives when we were hunter and, hunters and gatherers. And I think that this speaks to whatever is left of that. And some people are connected to that and some people aren't.
1: Yeah. You may be over romanticizing how <laughs> exciting life was when <laughs> it was just
0: 100% surviving. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess, I mean, if I you're, guess
1: exciting, maybe.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I guess for the times when you're not hunting, that there's probably yeah, not right. a whole hell of a lot to do. But, uh, <laughs> hence you know grow the population of the planet but you know it's that's there's worse things to do true true um but uh yeah
1: it's almost like this is like you know because this is a piece of art created by a human like it's a you know piece of creativity that came from someone and i just think that's interesting to look at sometimes someone's creativity sucks sometimes it's really weird sometimes it's awesome Sometimes it's really awesome and really weird. You know, you get a whole bunch of levels.
0: The Museum of Modern Art begged for this. Like they, they, this is the this film stock is is a permanent piece in the uh, Museum of Modern Art. I didn't know that. They loved it. Good. And um, you know, oh, yeah.
1: I do remember that.
0: Actually, now that you bring that, That happened a yeah. long time ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and was I mean, that like, after
1: it uh, gained a resurgence due to the Mark Harmon movie Summer School? And the character Chainsaw And then everyone was like Yeah I forgot about that movie so I, I hate to admit
0: I've probably seen that movie ten times <laughs> It's not a bad movie I, It isn't It no. isn't Yeah um, I love Summer School Um who Now is- have you seen it Within the last ten years No Okay okay <laughs> No, um, then you got it. Then you got a problem. But I'll tell you what. I remember watching that movie and feeling really validated because there were other people that loved horror movies, yeah. you know, and there wasn't a lot of us back then. I mean, that's well,
1: I mean, there were two in that movie.
0: Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the the funny thing of where we're at now. You had sent me. What was it that you sent me? We were talking about some horror news coming up and there was going to be a child's play TV oh, series. yeah, There's, there's a child's
1: in- play series coming up called Chucky.
0: Yeah. And there was something else. Uh, Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're remaking Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I was thinking
1: of a bonus episode for that. Maybe we could watch that and do commentary on it. Instead of watching the movie and then talking about it, we can just do a commentary so we don't have to watch it and then talk about it. We can get it all done at once. Okay. Because I know we're not going to
0: like it. No. (laughs) No, we're not. Uh, But that might be a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, you've got, and you've got the, the you got the 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 Halloween movies coming out, um, the the continuing of, of those sequels. Um, So yeah, when, when you had sent that to me, um, it was, I I just replied, you know, horror everywhere um, because it, it really does seem to be so thoroughly embraced now by, by pop culture. Again, I've said this a million times. I never, ever, ever thought I'd live in a world.
1: Oh, it was, I'd sent you first. The that Wellington Paranormal show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that right. Looks kind of cool. That the little comedy from the mind of Taika Waititi. Yes,
0: yeah. but uh, but yeah, there's you know the the embracing of horror films in the mainstream, the embracing of comic books in the mainstream, um, you know, of fantasy movies. It's like I just would have never ever thought this was going to happen, but I I agree with you. Going all the way back to kind of bookending to the beginning of this episode, I. I don't see how anybody could intention or uh, what I want to say um, smartly, <laughs> intelligently argue that this didn't absolutely set the tone for so much of what came after it. Yes. Um, and, and you're right. I think that that I hope that Halloween enjoys wearing that crown, but um, I think it might be more aptly we placed know. on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because, yeah, Leatherface is, you know, if you look at all of those guys in a lineup, he's still the scariest one. Yeah. I mean, just picture all of, you know, Leatherface, Jason, Freddie and Michael Myers all standing in in a line. I mean, they're all a little unsettling, but the guy with the freaking apron and blood on it and it's wearing a human apron. face.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, right. Anyone, any of them will kill me. But that guy, then what?
0: He's I feel yeah. like there's gonna be more afterwards. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: he's so, not done.
0: Yeah. Just Jenny guy's moving on. Right. You see Jason like walking towards you from 200 yards away in the woods, or you see Leatherface running down. I don't care how 350 pounds. I don't care how big he is. I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah.
1: Well, and he's going to be like squealing like a pig, too.
0: Yeah. Jason's silent. I'd rather almost have the silence. Yeah. Right. I'll just. (laughs) Why are you making that noise? Right. I'll just stand here and wait for the 15 minutes for Jason to get over here and then <laughs> yeah. just do his thing. And we we'll, we'll he done. uses
1: his underground tunnels, Tim. Does he have those? Well, that they tried doing that in the when the reboot. Did you see the reboot?
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah I they did. They finally answered the question. How does Jason get around camp so quickly? It's his abandoned mine shafts he uses. Really? And he also has. Man, do you not remember any of this? Oh, dude. Like, let's not that, I don't even if, want to talk about
0: it. I th- yeah. That the only, that's the movie that the only thing that I remember from it is that the guy says that the girl has perfect nipple placement. That's the <laughs> only thing I remember about it. All literally. Right. That was the, you're talking about just the remake, right? Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. All right. Um, but uh,
1: yeah, I, he's yeah. got like trip wires. So he knows where people are in the woods. And oh, it's that's so unnecessary. Dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. I do quickly. I want to give it up for Roger Ebert for giving Probably the most honest and accurate review for this movie. He gave it two stars, which is, you know, doesn't sound great. But it's because, A, he uh, nearly hated everything about this movie. He thought it was deplorable. He doesn't understand why people would like to watch it or who it's for. But at the same time, every single one of those d- things was done to absolute professional perfection. <laughs> and he can't take that away from it. He's like, the performances are great. The directing is great. Everything it does, uh, it does better than probably anything. But I hated everything it did. So well, a good
0: two star right yeah. down the
1: road. If I could give it zero or four.
0: at least yeah you're like you said at least he was honest about it and and again i mean for what he's talking about about how it's put together and done uh you know again so clearly especially after watching this again i mean we know that toby hooper did very little (laughs) with the vision of of poltergeist yeah but but i'm excited to say having after having watched this That it is, I mean, it's not because for any lack of talent, the guy's got his own thing. It was just, that was Spielberg's movie. Right. And so that is, that it's its own separate topic, but yeah, he does a hell of a job in this. Stylized just where it needs to be and uh, naturalistic everywhere else and terrifying all the way through. Yep. Yeah. That's great. (sighs) John Larroquette. That guy had quite a crazy career, right? Yeah, he kind of you know um, he was always my favorite part of Night Court. Um, Sure, and uh, yeah,
1: the guy who
0: slept with a lot of women was your favorite character. (laughs) Well, it's like like I always say, it's 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 that scene where you know he he, I thought he was the funniest guy, and then the scene where he talks uh, what's her name off the ledge for diabetes medication. Oh right, Roz. Yeah, yeah, where he pretends to be her dad. Oh, and stuff like kinda got me a little bit. I get a little choked up when I see that that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Cause normally he doesn't care see, about anything. He
1: did the voiceover for this, and then I'd say the next big thing he did was like stripes. Cause he was only in a couple movies. Yeah. But of note was stripes. Nightcore ran for a while though. Yeah. But that was like three or four years after Stripes.
0: He had uh, He was
1: in uh an epi- he was in uh Star Trek three the search for Spock. He's a Klingon. And we just watched it recently. And we spent the whole movie going that there he is. Wait, no. (laughs) And I think it was at the very end. We were both like, definitely that guy is John Larroquette, but very hard to spot as a Klingon John Larroquette.
0: Yeah. They all kind of run together. Yeah. Um, nothing. Yeah. Nothing against Klingon. I don't know because
1: Christopher Lloyd's a Klingon on that too. And he's pretty awesome.
0: Oh yeah. um,
1: have you seen uh, Search for Spock?
0: Yeah, that's uh revisit it.
1: Cause I heard it was not great and it's awesome.
0: I oh yeah, I, I'd love to go back. I used to be a real big Star Trek fan and uh and I mean I still am, I just haven't I haven't uh watched uh much of it lately. Sorry, that my phone is the man's to me. phone is going <laughs> yeah, off. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, your phone will scream at you if you want it to, apparently. <laughs> But no, didn't I, didn't I? Mean not to say too much about John Larroquette, but didn't he have a show that maybe only went a season or two that he that starred him after Night Court? Yes, but what was it?
1: I think it was just called the John Larroquette Show. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, that's yeah.
1: Where it's like kind of set in a bus terminal,
0: maybe. Yeah. Hold on, but I always liked him. I mean, he ha- I thought he had the best timing on Night Court. He had yeah. the funniest lines. Yeah, the
1: mid nineties, the John Larroquette Show. Yeah,
0: that's it. And I was Is really about
1: drinking? I don't know. It's like stacking up shots in this picture.
0: I was really excited when it came out because I'm like, yes, thank God somebody recognizes that guy's talent.
1: Oh, it takes place in a seedy bus terminal in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, that was a show that looked like it was shot on film. Like it almost has a oh. strobe effect to it, which hmm. I remember trying to explain to my brother when it's crazy. like i remember literally talking about the john <laughs> larriquette show me like you know the way that movie like i was trying to describe like between film and something else and he's like what are you talking i don't see a difference and to me it's just like baffling like how could no one see how this looks different from like full house or whatever yeah like the way it's presented
0: yeah i'll have to uh, like I'll it wasn't to, like a single it.
1: camera like it looked like it was film. yeah like it was like that basic the actual film, yeah. Stock well, no, itself. I guess that is single fan- film, a camera. Yeah, I mean, three camera is yeah. when it's like thirty. Right
0: Full now. house, yeah, yeah.
1: Wait, which is three camera? Which is single camera?
0: Three three camera is the one that's more like a sitcom. One camera okay. is the one that's more like a film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um I could make an argument for. Okay.
0: <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, no, I uh, I th- I think um, one thing I will say uh, about Chainsaw is that. Because of of its history, because of the strength of its title, um, its reputation kind of precedes it. All that stuff. Whereas I've said before that, like I think I mentioned dur- during uh, Poltergeist, like maybe kids are forgetting about this these movies. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's ever going to forget about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. <laughs> I mean, even though there's been some crappy, you know, sequels and stuff like that, that I it feels like it's. Um, it's untouchable like it's it's just so strong of an entry into all of filmmaking that there's no chance of this thing being forgotten
1: yeah it does feel like probably the it, as a series it's probably the one that deviates the most from the original yes do you
0: think mm, yep i would say that yeah yeah because two is so i i it was such a letdown i mean i watched two way too? More. I thought you'd love to. I loved it. I loved it. I, lo- I mean, when we, when you and I watched it again for to cover it for the show, I still liked it, but when I was uh, in middle school, we loved that one. We laughed hysterically at it. And then when I watched it now, I'm like, this seems pretty half hearted compared to the original. Right. You know, it's just, it's almost like it's a mockery. Because when you watch
1: that one, how familiar were you with the original? Not at
0: all. Okay. I, I and that had, makes sense. I hadn't seen the first... Texas Chainsaw Massacre until f- probably 10 years after I saw the second one. Holy I mean, it macro. was a, it was a long time before I actually sat down and watched. I, I'd, I'd seen bits and pieces and um, I was familiar with it because it's I, like I, how kids who grew up with the prequels, the Star Wars prequels are like, well, those are actually the best films. and It's <laughs> right. like, what the fuck are you talking
1: about? Exactly.
0: But, you know, I have that with several like now this My one. My friends
1: love the prequels. We had a great time watching them.
0: <laughs> But this one I'll stand by. I I've done this with a. I saw the first slumber party, or I saw the second slumber party before the first one. Uh-huh. I saw the second Evil Dead before the first one, which I'll still stand by that as the best in the series. Oh sure, uh, Evil Dead two. Um, hot, hot take. Yeah. <laughs> and, Sleepaway uh, camp. Um, Sleepaway camp. Yes, I saw two before one. Uh, but I guess because those movies were actually that's how old I am they were actually coming out <laughs> right uh you know they were they were the new ones so the that's those are the ones category. that you would see um but yeah I generally like uh I saw uh, candy stripers 2, uh the adult film before the first one so uh yeah for <laughs> at whatever, least you're consistent yeah I gravitate towards that uh that second round so um no but I I I'm so glad that I saw this one. It is far and away better than the second one, far and way better than, than any of the rest. And um, yeah, I would encourage people to, uh, to see it. And there's a good chance that if you're younger, you, maybe you haven't seen this movie and I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah. But watch it. You're going to be uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. It's gritty. It's gross. It's
1: the Texas chainsaw massacre, it's the Texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre. <laughs> yes. Recommend. Absolutely. Dumb question. Of course. All right. Me too. Okay. Well, that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. That wraps up America. (laughs) Um, But, man, we're just on a mini-series kick, aren't we? Yes, we are. We actually have one coming up next month and one planned for the month after that. Boom. Bam. So what's up next? It's August. Summer's winding down. But well, it's not over yet because August is the summer of fear. Yeah. We're going to do movies, both uh, that will uh, address our own personal fears. Um, mine, uh, I'm not going to give it away. I've I mean, mine will be given away when I get I've to I've even first forgotten
0: item. what we're doing. I'm, I'm so it. excited. Yeah. I'm so excited for this.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Yeah, Tim's are far more esoteric fears than mine are, but they're (laughs) still good movies, so I'm excited about doing them. Uh, But first up in our Summer of Fear series from 1977, Kingdom of the Spiders. Oh, that'll be fun. Yes, because as we all know, my biggest fear is William Shatner. (laughs) Uh, no, it's, it's a town overrun by spiders or just a spider or just a singular spider (laughs) that I heard was in my kid's room. Yes. At, at some time years ago, I've gotten much better, much, much better. Uh, but yeah, so that'll kick us off, uh, next month. King of the spiders. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Please. Go to our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Uh, shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love some uh, suggestions, questions, you know, all that stuff. Tell us how we're doing. You know how else you could tell us how we're doing? In a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. I don't know. Can you review on Spotify? I don't know. I'm if not sure. If you see the opportunity to review us, please do. Even if it stars. But if you want to write something nice, maybe about how much we say no,
0: Yeah. Or yeah no, yeah. You're keeping
1: a tally and want to let us know.
0: Yeah, our our famous hits are the yeah no yeah, uh, me saying uh, you know it's really interesting or you know it's really funny, Um, or um I say um uh, a lot. Yeah,
1: and uh, hanging from the Raptors is it's just
0: fun. (laughs) Yeah, I say I'm given to understand a lot. Yeah, we've got some greatest hits in there.
1: Yeah, so, you know, don't be shy about your review. Even if it's a bad review, I'd love to know what we need to improve on. That'll really fuck our algorithm up, but you know what? I'm not a slave to it. But if you want it to be positive, that's cool, that too. Would great. That would also be <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, yeah, like five stars with negative text. Yeah, Give it to some me.
0: constructive ki- criticism yeah. with five stars. Yeah, here's we'll how
1: bad this stuff is. Five stars on how bad it is. Yes. Uh, And also a huge thank to our patrons. Uh, You helped make this possible. And uh, thank you so much for your support. So, yeah, we'll be back next week. New miniseries. Tim, do you have anything left to say about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh,
0: Just that I was really excited when we watched it recently because I was introduced to a new phrase that I will uh, certainly be using wherever the opportunity presents itself. Uh, one of the characters refers to the other one as a hog bitch. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the cook calls <laughs> the hitchhiker a hog bitch. A hog bitch. Yeah, so that's fun. Man. All right. Well, <laughs> use that in your review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe that'll just be your... Uh, Your uh, that is your handle, yeah. Hog bitch, five stars. 1978, bitch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. All right, we'll see you next week. Hog bitch.
0: Hog bitches for life. Hog bitches. Bye.